Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Bruce Kulick, and you're listening to Shout It Out Loudcast with Tom and Zeus. These guys know Kiss inside and out. They freak me out all the time. You're going to enjoy it. The episode is epic. What's up there, Kiss Army? Tom and Zeus with another episode of Shout It Out Loudcast, episode 135. Smashes, thrashes, and hits. Ugh. Yes, this time we are doing the compilation. Oh, boy. And we, we've, we've referenced this a bunch of times in past episodes, so it's finally here. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. It's a big one. Yeah, so we are uh, very excited to get this one going. We are? Um, well, I am. Uh, okay. I, I mean, this is right in my wheelhouse, in my second coming of KISS uh, in my life. This was a very uh, big watermark moment for me. I agree. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. I don't know if I'm excited about the album, but we'll find that out soon. I hear you. I hear you. But as always, Tom, we always go back to last week's episode. And last week we did a game with uh, our buddy Sonny uh, as the host. We did Kiss Clues 2 the second time. We got our asses kicked, but we don't give a shit. Uh, Some people, I think, take it way too serious. Yeah, relax. Uh, s- settle down, Johnny Kiss Game Show. <laughs> settle down. Yeah, just fucking settle down. <laughs> uh, we played me, you, and Murph as a team and called Team Shout It Out Loudcast versus the team of uh, Stephen Michael from Grown Up Rock and Baco and Loose Cannon, people who do not believe in first names. And uh, <laughs> for their podcast called Cobras and Fire. So those two uh, teamed up together with Steven and uh, they beat us. They beat us unmercifully, Tom. They beat us unmercifully. Yes. It was very bad. Yeah. 
Yes, but be being beat like that, unmerciful, and having my own flesh and blood standing there laughing at me when I laid in a puddle of my own blood and piss was awful. I, I, I'm so hurt in my stomach with this. And uh, we got some feedback on that, and we'll get to the feedback, but usually we go to a poll. And I believe the poll was from the question of last week, right? Correct. So, yeah, we always do an episode poll based on uh you know what we talked about the week before and usually when we do game shows sometimes the question of the week could be a little challenging so we just decided to get a little creative and have the question of the week uh although i excuse me the poll of the week be based on our question of the week and the question last week was uh to sum it up would kiss still be around if they never did the reunion so the options were yes as big as ever no they'd be broken up uh, they'd be headlining the Monsters of Rock, or they'd be playing small clubs. Pretty even split between no, they'd be broken up and playing small clubs. No got 32%. Small clubs got 31%. Yes, as big as ever got 23 And headlining the Monsters of Rock crews got 14%. So a lot of different opinions on this. Um, Lee Bruton said, I'm going to say small club stripped down shows half tempo with Bruce Kulik back in the group. It would be cool as the set list would vary and it would be a more honest kiss. Dave G says kiss are a hardworking band with numerous lineup changes. The reunion tour was what the fans wanted and the band also at the time, they should have went back to Eric Singer and Bruce Kulik after they got that reunion tour. Yeah, I've been, I, I'm with you on that. John Schaefer, real alternate timeline stuff. I'll rub my time stone and conclude that Gene never married Shannon. Paul stayed married to Pam. Peter and Ace killed each other off during the bad boys tour. Vinny was elected mayor of Nashville and erected an Ankh statue. Okay. Uh, And then one of the greatest Twitter handles that has interacted with us in recent memory, Don Flamenco (laughs) from punch out chimes in. Oh, wow. And his profile picture is the great Don Flamenco. Uh, He says, I'm saying small clubs. What kind of financial shape were they in before the reunion tour? If I remember, it wasn't the best. And the reunion tour re-sparked interest in the band. Without that, I'm not sure where they would be now or if they would have even made it that much longer. Twisted Kister. I say broken up. Revenge was great. Tour was great. Most liked it, if not loved it. Sales weren't great. Attendance horrible. Carnival of Souls came next. Most fans didn't like it. Wouldn't have sold more than it did. Ego and money would not allow them to do clubs. Solo bands from Paul and Gene afterwards. Interesting. Uh, Stephen Michael, uh, who was participating in the episode from Growing Up Rock, says they'd be playing small theaters, about 5,000 seat capacities. With COVID, they would probably call it quits. That's interesting because you're right. They're not calling it quits now because of the end of the road tour, but you got to wonder if they were doing that, would they just hung it up? Grim Richley, um, I said not around. We're talking 25 years on, and they have not been interested in making new music. They're too proud to be doing small venues in their 60s. The return to makeup seemed the only solution to me. Vincent, don't call me Roman Maroney. Knock down that wall, knock down that wall, and knock down that fucking wall. Said, I need an option for yes, but not as big as today. So he thinks they'd still be together, but just not as big. Another great twiddle handle, Ken in Satan's service. I like that. I don't think Gene and Paul's egos would let them play clubs or be an opening act. Oh, another ego comment. I like that. People know Kiss. The reunion sparked an insane amount of marketing. Without that, they'd be out parking cars with Ace. 
Party Man says they would have played clubs like most of the bands like Wasp or Twisted Sister or Rat or Poison did at the end of the hair hard rock days. Uh, maybe. Our buddy Steve, I think it would be the small club op- option. There'd be new music, uh, but they would just go around playing stripped down shows with the odd residency and festival appearances thrown in. Kevin's on fire. I'm thinking they'd be doing Monsters of Rock Cruise M3 festival type stuff, playing theaters. And like you guys said, probably giving us more music. And then Zeus, you said Monsters of Rock as headliners over Alice Cooper. Well, yeah, I would hope so. John Gross, I don't think small clubs, but I would say they'd be doing theaters, maybe about 5,000 seat ones. Alessandro Rook, they still have Bruce and Singer in the band touring small scale with a diehard fan base that also released decent albums. I agree with that. They probably would. Uh, and then some episode specific comments about the game. Ken's and Satan Services, love the episode, guys. Great job. Nige Savage, quote of the year so far by Zeus, quote, we are not hot chicks. I definitely don't remember that comment, but I'm not going to doubt our buddy Nige. I feel like I've been duped and nothing makes sense anymore. I love the Kiss Clues episodes, guys. Although, do you guys actually like Kiss or know who they are? Your asses were whipped in style. You just got your asses whipped by a bunch of goddamn nerds. That's right. Revenge of the Nerds. Graham Richley, I want to hear I want to hear the Cukes versus Piss Cakes take. <laughs> Maybe we'll have shout out loudcast piss cakes as well as piss cups. Oh. <laughs> and our buddy uh Randy Bosworth keeps changing his Twitter handle. Today it's Paul's bare feet. <laughs> and he says, Great episode as always, boys. Funny bastards. And it's a picture of a urinal with a piss cake in it. (laughs) Sonny. Oh, he chimes in. I'm sure the listeners will score way better than the bozos we had on. Eh, Maybe Steve DeDisco. I'd like to brag that I did better than the official contestants, but I didn't. Fun question, Sonny, but as brutal as ever. Lee Bruton says, yeah, some of those questions were hard. Uh, Yeah, we know. We know. Uh, DG from Tennessee posts a gif of. Foghorn Leghorn. I'm not going to comment on nah, I'm not going to comment on that. Uh, so, yeah, a little bit of Twitter feedback. Not too much this week, uh, which is good because it leaves room for the uh, for the big episode that we got coming up. But uh, Zeus, you got some stuff on Facebook to get to. Yes, I do. Yes. And you know what it's like to be hurt. Yes. And I hate that. <laughs> Mark Demore. Currently road tripping with wife. She Uh usually prefers music on such trips, but gave in and said, we could give one of my regular podcasts a try. Well, let's just say I'll be finishing up this episode on my own at a later date. Thanks, Mr. Feces. (laughs) Sorry. And I didn't even tell the story yet. Yeah, Uh, guys, you you, you run the risk of playing these episodes with family or, or, or kids or wives or significant others. You should you should know better. Kevin Jepson. I love these episodes. Sonny. You're amazing at these questions. Wow, I didn't do very good, but Tom, Zeus, and Murph, what the fuck? How did you not get the question where the answer was kiss? Oh, my God. I was screaming kiss at my phone. Cukes, piss cakes. (laughs) But I don't remember Feces' backstory. Maybe I'm wrong. Can't wait. First of all, the whole thing with Sonny and that kiss question, he's he uh, that was just ridiculous. That was just typical poony. No one got it because nobody's mind was trained to think of kiss as the answer. 
Yeah. We uh, thought it was a band related to Kiss. But anyways, we're stupid. What can we tell you? Yeah. Um, Matt Wallace. This was fun. Sunday did a good job with the questions. The question about Carrie Stevens made me think of how fucking hot Bridget Fonda is. Her pooper. <laughs> oh, here, here we go. This is I remember reading this one. This is brutal. <laughs> Her pooper and piss trench <laughs> make me want to leave her face looking like it was dipped in a 50 gallon drum of condensed milk. <laughs> kind of the same way Ricky Rocket makes Jericho feel. Well, gotta go crap now. Bye. All righty then. He needs to come up with a friggin' list of his alternative terms for anatomy. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, over on our loud <sighs> casters group page, Tony Smith, the Catman did it in the crapper with Pandemic Paul's cream pistol. Uh, Max Lynch, the game was almost impossible to participate in. Oh, God. And he has a little picture of Paul with the quote, if anyone can co- construct a kiss clues game, that's practically unplayable. It's Sonny Pooney. That's right. Leave it to Pooney. We love him. That's and why we Sonny love him. Jumps in. Well, can't make it too easy. Like TNZ says, Max Lynch says, dumb it down. Uh, Way Paul down. Heater. Yeah. Paul heater. Uh, just listen, chuckled all the way through couple thoughts. Steve is an absolute star. Silent but deadly. <laughs> that wasn't silent. Oh, that's uh, true. Sonny was more than a little devious with that one question. Never considered as the answer. Bastard. Finally, please tell me that Baco is not going on that kiss cruise with Zeus because there's no fucking way one or both of them isn't going overboard. Zeus, if I was there, I'd give you a hand. Believe me, uh, it'd be more than just me throwing him overboard. And I think he'd be talking the whole way down. Baco ain't going on that cruise. And if he did, you're right. We'd be tying the anchor around his neck and throwing him overboard. Oh, God. <laughs> Never ends. Uh, good times. Anyways, it was my pleasure to write the review. I haven't been able to support you as I would like. So I feel I can at least give you guys back in a small way. Love you guys. Paul, we appreciate it. As always, man, thank you for the support, buddy. Absolutely. Paul, um, thank you so much, buddy. Our buddy. Steve Flythe, final score two. Yeah. Steve, you got to get that fucking 90s country shit going. Oh, um, this is hilarious so far. Graham Richley. Oh, boy. The big winner of the day was Mr. Pooney, a master class in bastardry. I tip my hat to you, Sonny Pooney. That's nothing to be uh, uh, proud of. Uh, you know, those, those uh, that's a uh, school property. <laughs> it's nothing to be toyed with. Yeah. <laughs> Sit down, Johnson. Is that a positive thing there, Graham? Um, Tony Stratus, kiss clues. I always wondered who steers the ship through the stormy sea. Um, Jason Warden, great episode. Hats off to Sonny Pooney for the clues and running the games. Had had me guessing as well. The episode is an example of what makes you guys the best kiss podcast. Well, I love to hear conversations about my favorite band. Uh, Shout out Loudcast makes the listener feel involved. If only you could hear me yelling at my phone, the correct answer is sometimes the incorrect one as well. Got to go back and listen to the first clue episode. As I admit, I skipped these type of episodes when I first discovered you guys keep up the great episodes. And awesome. uh, thank you. J- thank you, Jason. Good stuff. And is, the peanut gallery has to jump in here. 
You should also check out Cobras and Fire, rock podcast, especially if you like irreverent conversation about Kiss and just about anything else. Also, we clearly know more about Kiss than these Beantown boys. All right. First of all, enough with the Beantown shit. Nobody uses that except for people who live in fucking Minnesota or Wisconsin or the, whatever the fucking Great Lakes area my, you're from. My condolences. Yeah, and second of all, we don't need your publicist chiming in there, Baco, to comment on our <laughs> shit. Um, and then Jason's cool, man. I'll check it out. And that's because Jason's a nice guy, and he doesn't want to say what we're saying. Yeah, I, I don't know where this. Guy, then they started talking about Samantha Fox, and ooh, not so much Oprah. You got a new listener. I have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. I don't know. Um, but good for them. Jason got a new listener. Good for Elsie. Uh, uh, Rick Herrera, funny shit. Oh, and Baco did make a comment. 35 to 3, bitches, could have been more as my team not voted against my pick of Diane Warren. Great. Your prize is in the mail. It's a box of kiss stuff. Who to ship it back? First prize is you don't get to keep the kiss shit. <laughs> Ah, uh, we love you and we thank you again. Of course, Baco's the best. God, yeah. I love him. In his mind. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> just teasing. Over on YouTube. YouTube. All right. Mr. Antonio 2005. The only times I ever recall that a wrestler used Kiss music in the entrance was Taz in ECW with War Machine. Right on, brother. And yep. the Demon in WCW when debuting with God of Thunder. Pulling out that stud stable reference was pure gold on Sonny's part, which I still got to find. The question where the final answer was kiss. I was thinking it was Alice Cooper or the cult. Instead, it was the greatest swerve of all time. Thanks to that, to that jabroni Hulk Hogan, given the infamous leg drop to macho man (laughs) to become the third member of the NWO. All those years of kiss training, say you kiss prayers and eating your kiss vitamins went right down the tubes today. I got two out of 10, right? Great show and lots of fun. That's Thank awesome. You. I love Mr. Antonio 2005. He's always got some great comments. Yep. Uh, Mark Stewart. I love this episode because I love playing along. It turned out the answers I knew immediately were all hell's breaking loose and the best bass player, Gene Simmons. Other than that, I apparently suck at history. Thank you guys for another kiss ass episode. Nice. Uh, Tales of a Kiss Geek. Glenn Ooh. from Ireland here. First time commenting. Yada, yada, uh, commenter. Yada, yada. I discovered you guys when someone reached out to me saying you guys had Bruce on. He mentioned my cover of Cadillac Dreams and how I did it just to screw with him. Since that one, I've been hooked. Thanks for always making me unexpectedly belt out laughter on public transport and making me look like a psycho. Cheers to Tom and Zeus. Everyone around the nation. Raise your piss cakes. Raise your piss cakes. Oh, yes. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Thanks, that is great. Of a kiss geek. You that's great. fucking rock. And welcome yep. to the show. Yep. Uh, and then we always end up with our buddy Marty White. Here we go. Seuss, you've talked about Mr. Feces a lot, but you haven't told the full story. You've also talked about Cancun, but Tom keeps yelling, save it. So we've only heard a bit. As you know, I have close connections in the kiss world. I am the son of Bill and Sean. It was a medical mystery since Sean was the one who got pregnant. Oh, the point Jesus. is, I'm friendly with Ace, and I know he listens to Shout It Out Loud, Cast. Ace originally planned a big Mr. Feces scene 
in his video for space trucking. But since he doesn't know the full story, Mr. Feces got reduced to a brief clip of Gene dropping a deuce. Oh, God. Unbelievable. And that's what it. I got for you, Tom. I think. All right, let's wrap it. Right. Yeah, let's wrap it up with a, with a couple emails here. So we got a We got a wonderful email email here um, from our very good friend, Costa. Uh, gratitude from up north. Tom Zeus and all of the Shout It Out Loudcast army. I wanted to reach out and express my sincere appreciation for the thoughtful wishes and support all of you sent my family's ways these past few weeks via the episodes and social media. The messages were genuine and heartwarming and prove that not only do the Loudcasters share a fascination with everything kissed just like you, the hosts, but they're also regular guys and gals who clearly care about others. And your podcast allows us to see this even if we're so many miles or kilometers away from each other. Thanks, guys. I did get a chance to listen to the Don Lane and Kiss Singers episodes, and while they both made me laugh as usual with a banter between you guys, I had to do a double take on the weekend when my wife said she was making a cucumber salad (laughs) as part of our lunch. I almost started to explain, but then I figured, nah, maybe not. Planning to check into the Hotel California next, and I will see you all on Twitter. Costa, oh man, you're the best. Thank you, buddy. Uh, great, great email. Yeah, don't, don't. Just next time the cucumber comes out, just, just, just have your wife slice it up and put it in the salad. Just leave it. Nukes, <laughs> nukes. And here we go. We'll finish up with this one. This is from uh, Mark Flores, gentlemen. I was a West Coast assistant to the Ace Freely Band from '93 to '95. I have a history with a few of Kiss's members and even had a small role in Star Wars Mandalorian. He says, I believe Zeus is a fan. Oh, no, no, no. We're huge fans. All of us. We're massive Star Wars geeks. Just wanted to say how much I've enjoyed listening to your show lately. Howard Stern used to say that the great thing about his show back in the day was not that it was guest driven. It never relied on a guest to make it interesting. Let's face it. While those other guys on YouTube may have some amazing guests, the hosts themselves have the personality of fucking wallpaper. Rock and I, re- I just want to say I regret that. And if you want to take a photo, make sure that there's a watermark on it oh so that we can enjoy it together. Well, I'm just- oh. Oh. I was talking to a couple of my Kiss Facebook poster group friends. And when we, we saw Blue Oyster Cult back in the 70s, we had a great time. All right. Hold, let me continue. Yeah. And if you don't like it, fuck, fuck off. off. We don't need you. We're the best. Here we go. Not anymore. Oh, boy. Rock and roll is freedom, sex and rebellion. But it's also just a couple of guys getting together, sharing a few laughs and pointing out bullshit. You guys fit that bill perfectly. Keep up the good work. Mark Flores. And then he says, P.S. to Paul Stanley. Mocking, sobbing. You can act like a man. (laughs) And then he says, sincerely, Don Vito Corleone. And he leaves us his website, markfloresmusic.com. And with an email like that, you only not only worked for Ace Frehley. You were had a small role in Star Wars Mandalorian. You compared us to Howard Stern. One of the best emails we've ever gotten. You are comment of the week, 
Mark Flores. Thank you. Fantastic email, my friend. Excellent. Good answer. Good answer. I like the way you think. I'm going to be watching you. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Great job on that. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, it brings me back, Tom. I'm starting to think again when you, when you brought up the, the Don, you know, 10 years ago. Could I get to him? Exactly. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, I'm sorry, but I, you can't fucking bring that up without us quoting one line or two. You got one for me? Oh, geez. Where are we going to go? Where are we going to? Oh, I'll get one right there. Jesus Christ, Mike. Jesus Christ. Look, Jesus Christ. Let's, Mike. Hit them all. let's hit them all. Now while we got the muscle. <laughs> you love Frankie Pantangeli. Frankie Five Angels is the best. <laughs> hey, not anybody here can play Italian music. That's the next one we got to get on there. Oh, for for um for Jack, huh? Oh God, we, I can't wait. We we we're gonna have to do like a Godfather live stream. And by the way, I recently watched Godfather three, or has as or as it's been re released, the Godfather Coda, the death of Michael Corleone. The movie is not that bad. I'm not gonna tell you that it's as good as the first two. It's good. It's good. There's a couple of. I think Andy Garcia is fucking fantastic in that movie. I love oh, I, him in I, that movie. I, I, Vincent. Not, don't, oh. don't make any sudden movements. Just take a look at this. Bang. Yeah. I, I, oh, that's what so am great. I going to do with this guy? Oh, I, myself. I, I, love that. I know you so don't like fucking Joey Zaza. <laughs> I like him as a character. I like him as a character. And I love hilarious. And I love when Andy Garcia is dressed up as the cop on the, on the horse. And he's yeah. like, Zaza. Pow, pow. Right, Joey, you piece of shit. They're fucking yep. the, the 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 back and forth between him and Joey Zaza is oh, it's fucking great. great. I, yep. I love that shit. Yep. Like, no, I take care of this guy myself. So kill him. What yep. does that have to do with me? <laughs> a good, I, do a, I can do a good Al Pacino in three. Can't do him one or two, but three oh, yeah, is Al, easy. Al Pacino has a good God- voice. Yeah, Al Pacino in Godfather Three. That's when he started to reach kind of like overacting vo- vocals. Al Pacino still fantastic, but he but sounds a lot different. Those. It's true. He wouldn't be a friend. He'd be a dog. <laughs> <laughs> let's not forget. Let's not forget Sonny Pooney's favorite, Bridget Fonda, is in that movie, oh. looking fucking fantastic. Oh, when she's when she's just like naked and puts on Andy Garcia's coat and goes up oh, yeah. and he sets her up. So the guy from fucking that kills Patrick Swayze can put a knife to her throat. Yep. Yep. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, uh, next you- week on Godfather three, the, the, the review is your Godfather moment. That might be a recurring theme now. Yes. 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 <laughs> All right. Chichi aboard. That's how we can That's how we can segue into the news. That's right. Yeah. So, Tom, um, we usually go over to our news. Not much going on these days, is there? No. The big thing right now uh, was that Kiss just recently announced that they're rescheduling their South American dates. So a little bit of an ominous sign about what's going on here. They were scheduled to perform in South America this fall. Those dates have been pushed to 2022. Um and then there were rumors on Facebook last night. It's been nothing officially announced by the band, 
But there was some stories out there that they're rescheduling their Australia dates also. Again, Yikes. nothing, nothing again, nothing official from the band. So, you know, we're going to see Kiss uh two weeks from tonight. It's uh Wednesday, August 4th. We're seeing them on Wednesday, August 18th, first show back uh from COVID. So we're excited for that. I think we're uh, we're very lucky to have the ver- the first show back in two weeks because who knows how quickly the uh the friggin' rug's gonna be pulled out from under this tour like it did back in 2020. Let's hope it doesn't, but things are trending in a direction that we're not too happy about. Um, so we'll just leave it at that. Um, that's really that's really that's it. I mean, I know Paul uh, on his official Twitter posted a picture of them on stage and he said two weeks in capital letters. So that got us jacked up that uh, Paul's on board for the show. So we'll see what happens. I don't know. Yeah, the uh, Cruise Fest tickets are now available. Um, you can go online and search for those and they have, you know, Ace will be there. Bruce will be there. They've got some, uh, VIPs things and some signings and some shit there. That's a lot of fun. Uh, I believe the, the talisman will be performing as well. Mm-hmm. And there'll be some other surprises that they've got, but the tickets finally went on sale. So go head up to uh cruise fest. If you're going to hit the, uh, Chris kiss cruise in that, should be a, a lot of fun and hopefully we'll see everybody there mm-hmm. and another thing this isn't necessarily news this is something i just wanted to mention um i, I failed to mention it a couple of weeks ago um i'm so backed up on my podcast episodes <laughs> Are you backed up I'm, I'm i'm backed up yes i'm backed up okay. uh backed up on my podcast episode but eddie trunk had an episode recently with the the the, the director of the history documentary dj viola he had a it's about a half hour or so interview with him. It's actually very good. It's interesting. Eddie kind of picks his brain on uh, kind of the behind the scenes. So if you're interested in that, um, it's it's actually a pretty good, pretty good interview. And I think that just came out a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I, I just caught up to it because it's, I, I don't have time for my podcast anymore. Like I used to. So I have time to record them. I don't have time to listen to them. Yeah. I hear you fruitcake. I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, Tom, after this, we'd like to give a shout out to our Patreon fans and our Patreon family has been growing. We thank everybody that's involved and it's a form and way that people can uh, help out the show, contribute to us in the program. Hopefully uh, you get a lot of uh, return for your buck. We have a lot of different options up there, different tiers and different things that we offer to our Patreon family. So whether it be inside info, extra episodes, merchandise, and uh, a lot more. So just check it out if you're interested. Uh, we'd love to have you. And we, uh, we really appreciate the, uh, appreciate the Pantheon family. They've been awesome to us, and we can't thank them enough. And they're going to constantly get the hat tip to them for helping us out. And if you're interested, you can always go to Patreon, the app. Or you can go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Or in the episode notes at the podcast, you'll see something about Patreon. Click on the link and it should bring you there. If you need to find us when you're at Patreon, there's a section called Creators. Look for us, shout it out loudcast, and uh, see uh, see if you like anything there. And hopefully you do, and you'll be a, a new member of the family, as they say. Uh, so... Again, Patreon, tip our hat to our Patreon members and our Patreon family. Thank you for all your support. Absolutely. Patreon guys, you're the best. Uh, We say this all the time. We're just eternally grateful. 
for what you've done to be uh, part of the show. Uh, we invite everybody to check it out. Like Zoo said, the website, the app, please check us out. Uh, you can check out the different tiers that we have, what we offer. Um, you know, it's been a busy summer for us. Uh, we're, we're trying to tie up a bunch of things as the year progresses um, and getting some more things going on with uh, Patreon is, is part of what we're working on right now. So uh, stay tuned, check us out, stick around. Uh, there's there's going to be more coming on, on Patreon. Uh, we're, we're working hard on a bunch of different things at once. Um, so uh, that's one of them. And uh, again, we're just grateful for everything that you guys have done so far. And, and we appreciate you being part of the family. Hello, Pantheon podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Tom, you ready to uh, discuss this week's episode? Let's do it. Yep. All right. So we are finally going to discuss Smashes, Thrashes, and Hits, the uh, compilation. So before we get into the specifics about it, um, let's uh, talk about when you, you know, came into this. Because this isn't any, like, any compilation, like, Oh, I just went to the store and it popped up. This was pretty big. So you want to tell me about your first interaction with this? Yeah. So uh, this came out when we were in high school and uh, it was, it was a big deal. It was a huge deal because kiss was, uh, you know, they, they had just recently put out, um, you know, crazy nights. So they was, they, they were kind of, you know, coming back from a little bit of their early eighties funk. Um, and this was big because it was their first compilation since double platinum and it was a career spanning collection. Uh, you know, it was a fantastic collection, it had classics, it had a lot of the new stuff, non-makeup stuff. Uh, it was huge. This is one of those albums where, you know, even casual Kiss fans have it. Um, it was a huge, big popular item on those Columbia House BMG CD clubs. I, I know. I think that's actually where I got mine. Um <laughs> So, I mean, it, it's, you know, we'll talk about what we think of the album and its contents, but it is kind of in the, in the world of kiss. It's kind of an iconic item 
that I think everybody remembers when they got it and how they felt when they had it and listened to it. Um, so, you know, I'm excited to talk about it. I think we're going to have a lot of different things to say about what we think about the, uh, the sound of the album, the contents of the album. Uh, but definitely that was, this was a big day in 1988 when it came out. Yeah. I, uh, for me, I was starting to get into kiss by this point. Um, however, uh, I had already got, um, and I think there's a, a trifecta of what revitalized kiss. And I always like to put things in trifectas. It's just what I do. Oh yeah. And the first being kiss exposed. Yep. The 18th, 1987. The next being smashes, thrashes and hits November 15th, 1988. And the final being October 17th, 1989 hot in the shade comes out the tour. Yep. All three of them, all three of these, brought back the nostalgia for the 70s kiss whereas before they kind of shed that stuff and didn't really get into it but i think with you know uh, kiss exposed and that whole let's bring in the archives or the footage and people seeing that next thing you know they're releasing the greatest hits and you know they even had the rock and roll all night uh, video for uh, exposed and that showed all yep. the different errors and stuff. So all of a sudden there was this kiss and makeup kind of theme coming back. So for us in the United States, this is the first one. You had double platinum in this. We're not talking about killers, which came out in Europe, which I still bought, but and then you also had Chicago, which came out May 25th, 1988, which is you know just a couple months prior to Smash the Thrash and Hits, but that was in Japan. Yep. This is the first one in the United States. And I remember when it came out, I ran out and bought it. And just like before, where Kiss videos ended up on Headbangers Ball, uh, most requested videos and things like that. And you'd look for them. So they were already in that trend where, you know, Reason to Live comes out. Boom, it's on there. Turn on the night. Boom, it comes on there. As soon as uh, Let's Put the X in Sex comes out and even You Make Me Rock Hard comes out. You're catching the videos on MTV. So it was that trend or kiss is, you know, it's just one of the guys. It's not, it doesn't have that superiority to those bands, fellow Mm -hmm. bands. It was in that mix with the Motley Crue videos are coming out. What's the new rat video just come out. All those guys are kiss was right in the middle with all those guys. They weren't below them, but they really weren't above them either. I mean, I had the nostalgia for them as far as my friends, but I didn't have really kiss friends back then. Just had regular friends and, some of them started to get smashes, thrashes, and hits because it was the new greatest hits that people could get. And the songs were on MTV, the new ones. So yeah. it made sense for them to get it. I remember by the time we went to college, you'd run into people that, you know, barely like Kiss, but they would have this CD. Yep, absolutely. And and the, 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 the timing of this compilation, too. It's right around people were still getting cassettes. You know, it was 88. It was cassettes. CDs hadn't taken off full blown yet, but it was obviously the era of you weren't really going to make mixtapes at that time. And and this was also the era when a lot of people, casual fans weren't buying Kiss albums. You know, they weren't buying Animalize. They weren't buying Asylum. They weren't buying Crazy Nights. Diehards were, but those albums had huge hits, you know, had heavens on fire, tears of fall and things like that. Um, so this was a great, 
you know, we've, I think we may have used this term before, but if we haven't, I'll use it now. It's a great starter kit for Kiss. And this is also the era of greatest hits albums. Everybody was putting out greatest hits albums. Mm-hmm. And it was a great way to have in your collection a band that maybe you weren't a huge fan of, but you like the hits. You know, you'd have you know, Journey's greatest hits, Boston's greatest hits, or whoever the band was, Kiss greatest hits, Smashes, Thrashes, and Hits. So everybody had this in. And it was really a, a really good snapshot of their entire career from the first album up until this. Um, so it was a must own. And, you know, I think we'll just segue into that right now. It's also the best selling kiss album since Nielsen SoundScan began tracking sales in 1991. It is the best selling kiss album. That is insane. It's double platinum. Yep. That is unbelievable. It's kind of sad too. <laughs> it's very sad. It's very sad. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So the album, uh, we will get into the facts. The album was released November 15th, 1988. As we said, it made to double platinum. I think it made it all the way up to number 21 on billboards. 200. Mm-hmm. Um, they did release uh, two singles. Let's put the X in sex. Uh, we'll get to that. And also you make me rock hard, which I don't believe even charted. Let's put the X in sex. I think made it up to number 97. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. 97. Yikes. Um, yeah. And uh, so again, killers in Chikara were released prior, but this is the first one in the United States. Um, there were two new songs on this album two new videos mm-hmm. um, and there are 15 tracks on this album the united kingdom edition because they can't just do one fucking universal every compilation review we do we talk about the multi versions of it from all all, all around the world and this had the uk version yeah uh has 16 songs so let's just go through the songs real quickly let's put the x in sex you Make Me Rock Hard, the two new tracks. Uh, Love Gun, Detroit Rock City, I Love It Loud. Deuce, Lick It Up, Heaven's on Fire, Calling Dr. Love, Strutter, Beth, Tears Are Falling, I Was Made for Loving You, Rock and Roll Night, Shout It Out Loud. Now, the United Kingdom edition does not have Deuce. It does have Crazy Crazy Nights and Reason to Live. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, before we get into the tracks and stuff, I just wanted to list the songs and we'll go break down the tracks and what should be and what shouldn't really be there. But uh, before we do that, I just wanted to go through the list and, and let you know what the songs are on this. Mm-hmm. So the album is technically produced by various people, including mixes and things like that. Uh, David Whitman was one of them. Brian Foraker. And David Thoner or Toner, I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Frank Filippetti and uh, Jay Messina. And I I can't tell who did what. And uh, (laughs) it doesn't really fucking matter. Uh, But the album, then the cover uh, was done. The art was done by someone named Amy uh, Goop and directed by Mitchell Canner. Uh, as far as the cover goes, Tom, do you have a comment on that? Oh, that's horrible. Fucking horrible. 
It's just this is the this is the era, and we'll talk about it a little bit more specifically when we get into the videos for the two new tracks. This is when Kiss fashioned themselves as a band with a frontman. You know, like Joe Elliott, John Bon Jovi. This was Kiss with and Paul Stanley was the front man. And you could see because he's bigger and more out front. You got Eric and Gene and Bruce in the way back, and you got the ridiculous hands coming up, grabbing Paul doing some stupid fucking thing with his hands. Um, terrible cover. It's it, it's a it's a terrible cover. Um, I know it's the 80s, but I, I, I say this all the time. Whenever you're doing a compilation for Kiss, you got to have more than just a picture of the current band on the cover. Um, yeah, not good. Yeah, the if you look at the back cover and it's just the hands, it almost yep. looks a little bit like Destroyer, like the Wasteland. Yeah, I yep. can, I can see, see that. I can right? see that. Okay, yep. it's not that bad. Yep. But then you go to the front. It's just a, a picture, like still photos from photo shoots. Yep. Gene in his uh, Reason to Live outfit from the Crazy Nights era. It just, and Paul trying to flex his bicep doing jazzy hands. Yep. I, I, I don't get it. Who is saying to them, look, you guys are known for this shit, for album covers, and you're doing a greatest hits one of all your eras. Maybe we could do something with, you know, a current album, a current kiss look. Maybe a, a makeup look and all different variety of kiss throughout the years. No, nope. yep. let's do Jazzy Hands Paul up front and uh, Gene Simmons Elvis look with now, uh, G- uh, you know yep. Bruce and Eric just in the back. Yep. Now, one thing that they did release, um, and I'm lucky enough to have it. Uh, I know where I know we're an audio thing, but I'm going to hold this up to show Zeus. They released a gatefold edition picture disc vinyl of this okay mm-hmm. one side of it is the is Oof. the regular is the regular artwork mm-hmm. the other side of it is a classic picture of the band in destroyer era costumes okay and then it actually says on the front of it it says kiss smashes thrashes and hits and at the bottom it says 15 years of history and then you open it up and it's a gatefold with all everything we were just talking about Picture pictures of the band throughout their entire era with a huge story of the band, like a huge. It's a massive article with great pictures of the entire of the band from their inception all the way until Crazy Nights. So you know it's a great collector's item. I love this. Uh, it's, it's hard to find. I don't know why it was only limited edition, um, but that's what the that's what the that's what should have been. You know the the CD too. You know I'm yeah, to have the to, CD to, I have. Yeah, it's just lyrics. Just, just lyrics exactly. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, yep. It's just weak. This is your greatest hits. It's your biggest selling album. Yep. Is this an iconic cover? If it's iconic, it's iconic because of how bad it is, which iconic doesn't mean it doesn't necessarily have to mean good. Yeah. It, yes. Much to dismay of a couple of knuckleheads that we know that don't, <laughs> that don't get what it iconic means. Yep. Um, yep. I just, it's just, it's so disappointing. It's bad. The art, like the cut and paste of the band member. Like, it's not even a group photo. Like you said, it's like cut and paste. And like, Eric is like in some weird pose. 
Bruce is like, has his hands on the side. He's looking up to the skies going, what the fuck am I doing here? This is terrible. It's almost like a Rodney Dangerfield. Hey, how are you doing? He's grabbing on my coat. Hey. Right. I mean, Gene actually looks all right, except for the, the, the outfit. But I mean, the hands grab- grabbing his cock and shit. Yeah, exa- exactly. Yep. He's and, loving it. And, and, and like you said, Paul with the jazz hands. Like, what the fuck, dude? Terrible. Oh, look at me. Oh, just fucking no need. No need. No. Anyways. No. Um. Let's go through the tracks. How about that, Tom? Okay. Before we do that, can I just, I want to read a, a little thing here from the gatefold of this, because it does have some quotes from Paul. So just talking about the album uh, and it's kind of funny, you know, this comes out in 88, you know, Paul was in his glory as the, you know, the eighties front man. And he says, uh, we wanted to cover all the bases, but we didn't want to get steeped in the past. I think we wanted to give everybody a taste of the whole 15 years and not reg- neglect the earliest part of our career. We wanted this to be special for our fans. In some way, this took more time and more care than a regular album. We didn't want it to come off as something that was slapped together. When you have fans who give you as much as ours, they do. They deserve to be given back just as much. The whole idea with Smashes was to do something special, remixing, digitally transferring, having Eric sing Beth in two new songs I wrote a week before we went to the studio. Yeah, that sounds like that. Um So, yeah. And then at the end, it says when we first this is Paul again, when we first started, we were considered a gimmick. And there were other bands who were considered these incredibly advanced intellectual entities. Listen to their records now. It sounds like a lot of hot air pressed into vinyl. They're long dead. We win. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, Paul. Anyways, I thought that was interesting. So. So what else was said about the album? Okay, so in Behind the Mask, there's a couple quotes here from uh, from Gene, Paul, and Bruce. Gene says, Smashes, Thrashes, and Hit Stuff was remixed, but nothing re-recorded. I don't like the two new songs. But it's interesting when you do stuff, your perspective isn't always clear. When we were doing it, we said, gee, this rocks. When you're a kid and you keep hearing these phrases, will it stand the test of time? You don't know what that stuff means. In retrospect, you see that it's the real gauge. Is it going to work 10 years from now? For a new fan, I'd probably give it a higher rating. For the new fan, three stars. For the old fan, one or two. Then Paul says, Double Platinum came out 10 years before. We spent a lot of time remixing, remastering, making sure that all the songs were everything they could be. The whole idea was to polish things up and remix, but never to change anything. Having Eric sing Beth was a natural. He's a great singer. Two new songs were written three days before we went into the studio. I think the new songs written for that blow. I think they really suck. But I, that's Paul saying that, not me. But I think besides that, it's a really great album. Five stars. Five stars after you just said two songs below. Bruce then chimes in and says, that was another greatest hits compilation. Having Eric Carr sing Beth was torture for him. A knife at Peter was thrown for sure. Oh, so that that's yeah. some general comments. And then as we get into the tracks, there's a couple more specific things about the two new songs that we'll talk about. So, yeah, yeah. interesting stuff. All right. Let's go over the two new songs. Let's start oh off with the tracks, right? Oh, boy. Okay. The first one is this.
right, let's put the X and sex. Uh, you want to start with this one, Zeus, since you love this song to death? Let's put the X and sex written by Paul Stanley and Desmond Child. You're right. I love this song. <laughs> this song is that other trifecta I talk about, which is Paul fucking hitting it out of the park with this sexual innuendo and making the song work. Whereas this song could have been read my body, bang, bang, you No, let's put the X and sex along with take it off. And I just want to are the fucking trifecta Paul Stanley sex innuendo fucking rock song. I love this song. I don't know why the fuck he needs to feel the, the need to insult me that I love this song that he created. It's catchy as hell. The guitar is catchy as hell. The lyrics are as cheesy as hell, but the lyrics make sense. It's cheesy with the payoff. Obviously, you knew it was her, because why would you be singing about this shit to the same a fucking girlfriend of yours? And I knew it was you. Oh, oh when I saw those black lace panties. Oh, I thought it was oh. when I saw those shit stained panties. <laughs> When I saw those piss cakes, I knew that it was you. Cuke. <laughs> she have the shit stained panties. Stop. What the fuck? It always goes to toilet humor. Like we're fucking eight years old. She that's right. That's right. That, that, that's right. I just exactly. used the term. I just use the term toilet humor. <laughs> he opens up the mail. And he shits. He got the way. I know a woman that leaves fucking <laughs> these skid mocks. I know who this is. Oh. oh. <laughs> All right. Let me let, let me jump in here. Some, something, some stuff from behind the mask on this. Paul says. X and sex wound up being a second rate version of addicted to love by Robert Palmer. Yeah. Working at that point with Desmond child and Diane Warren, who were both brilliant writers. I think we crossed a dangerous line into kitsch. Then Bruce Kulik says, I was disappointed in the song because it was like flavor of whatever was going on in the music scene. We rehearsed that in the other new song and cut them fairly quickly in New York. Gene didn't have much participation. It was it was another time where Gene let Paul do something because Gene was too busy with something else. It's funny when we used to do X and sex on the kiss convention tour, people would go nuts. Musically speaking, the song was very derivative of things that were going on in the late 80s. All right. So as far as I'm concerned with let's put the X and sex, I'm going to be honest with you. It annoys the fuck out of me that I like this song. Great. (laughs) Because it's so it's you shouldn't like it. Right, right. I'm like, I'm I'm embarrassed that it's so catchy. The chorus is so catchy. Bruce has a pretty cool guitar solo. It has like a a beat and a rhythm to it. I mean, yeah, is it derivative? Yeah, it's 88. It's it's what was going on. But it's a fun song. It's Paul in a nutshell. It's so corny. When everything drops and it's just Paul and he goes, I heard somebody knock it. Don't tell me you're not fucking cranking that part off. It's, it's awesome, right? It's, Isn't it? I agree. It's I agree. A fucking catchy tune. You want to shit on it? Great. It's a little bit too much of fucking um, 
the song uh, by Cheesy Palmer. Uh, oh, Addicted to Love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that song's fucking classic. I listen to that song. To this day, I will create yep. that song up. And it's not just the video. That song fucking kicks. And yep. those and those and I'll take anything from like the pop charts from the late 80s over anything that is there now. Yep. Because those songs can last because they're fucking catchy and yep. they're fun. And the lyrics kind of give you an, an image of a, a, a thought about something you can put your mind on. It might be bubblegum stuff, but it's there. Yep. It's not fucking wet ass pussy you know it's fucking that's true yeah but it's it's, it's, an, it's another it example works. yeah it's another example though of paul's previous comments it's another example of the we say this all the time the revisionist history in shitting on something now that you were proud of then fucking own i hate that whether it's phantom of the park or the elder or whatever oh i think the, i think those two new songs blow they they suck have you heard Why? Monster? Yeah, right. Oh, the Monster. Classic 70s hard rock album. No, that blows. Okay? This this is a great Kiss song. It's a great it's exactly what you want from Kiss. Yeah, exactly. This is Kiss in that era. Correct. Kiss in the 70s. Yep. Kiss in the late yep. 80s. Kiss in the yep. 90s. There's different versions of it and it's okay. Yep. It doesn't have to sound like 70s Kiss. It doesn't have to sound like Strutter. For and me I would like love it if it's kiss. And I would love if they fucking played this live. Oh, so would I. Everybody would. You heard Bruce. Bruce said, yeah, when we played this in the kiss convention, people went nuts. Of course they did. Love it. Fucking yep. love it. It's catchy as all fuck. Absolutely. Now, oh, let's boy. talk about the video. <laughs> so we've already talked about this in the past where we kind of mentioned like the, the where they got this video done. There's those buildings. And I guess the people that rented them out for them to shoot this video ended up suing them because they thought it was going to be like some model agency there. And it was kissing. They're like some heavy metal video stripper shit. (laughs) First of all, first of all, the elephant in the room. Where are the hot chicks in this video? I know there was a lot of chicks there. Zeus in both videos. Did these these are the, they they got they got the girls that came in last in the Miss USA pageant to be in these videos. Just these are like the fucking like heroin chic or something, like thin but, thin. But they're like just plain looking. Face. Yeah, pointy face. The fucking leader of the pack looks yeah. like <laughs> it looks like the drawing that Jan Brady got in trouble for when she drew the teacher looking like George Washington. George Washington. <laughs> Yes. The big fucking honker. Yeah. This woman has got the all-time biggest fucking ball buster. Beak fucking. Like, dude, you're Paul Stanley. It's 88. Like, look at all these other videos on MTV with these smoking hot chick. I mean, look, it's shouted out loud, cast. This is what we do. I know other people may might be listening oh, to me like, oh, oh grab my oh. pearls. This is a it's offensive. Well, this look, is they're the not they, we we're talking about. Yeah, they're not hot chicks, and, and you you're listening to us. You agree with us? We know you do. Yeah, and this is the business we chose. Exactly. Um, look at look at fucking what's her name, uh, Bobby Brown and Cherry Pop. Oh, or, exactly. Or once bitten, or the White look, Snake videos. Yeah, or fucking anything else. Yep. Of that era. Yep. And then look at those girls coming out like models and fucking ball breakers. 
not good. It's just honkers. Just, not good. Oh, just and then first of all, let's let's take the other part, which we haven't mentioned yet. And this is one we all know. Paul's like, fuck you, Gene. I'm going to not only be like, I'm not only going to be like the fucking making decisions. I'm going to be in the forefront. Mm-hmm. I am now a fucking leading uh, lead vocalist. I am now the front man. I don't need a guitar. And he's got those tank tops and pants hiked up higher than fucking Don, Don Tomasino in Godfather <laughs> 2. They're fucking <laughs> past his nipples. Yep. And his tank top is barely seen because his pants are hiked up so high. But you know, and he's doing his little dance and doing his little loves like a muscle and flexing. And like the chicks aren't even being sexy next to him. You're like, oh, I do like uh, Bruce's guitar in the video. And if you notice, Gene doesn't even know the fucking words to the song in the we'll background. Get, he's like, uh-huh. We'll, we'll, we'll get doing? that. There's another video that's like that, too. We'll talk about. In a yeah. Minute, but yeah, well, he looks like he's not even know what's going on. And not to mention the other elephant in the room. I'm sorry. Paul can't fucking dance. <laughs> he look he looks so confused having his hands empty without a guitar over his shoulder or holding a guitar. And we and we talked about it when we talked about the cover of the album. This is Paul the frontman. This is Paul John Bon Jovi, Paul Joe Elliott, Paul David Coverdale. This is I'm not going to play a guitar. I'm the front man of Kiss. That's what I'm going to do right now. I'm going to dance. I'm going to look sexy. All the other guys are going to play the instruments, and I'm going to be in front with the chicks. Oh, I cringe when he does that. Oh, it's brutal. And I knew that it was you when he does the finger thing over the oh, other yeah. arm. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's yeah. just so cringy. It's bad. But- <laughs> it's bad. Yeah. But it's the 80s. But we, we fucking love it. I've probably seen that video. More than any Kiss video of all time. Probably. Yeah. I, I, I've I, seen that video more. Yeah. Maybe the forever video, but but yeah, you're right. No, yeah. I, I've, I like, I'll stay to watch that because I can mock the chicks or something a little bit. Yeah. But I've seen that video more than any Kiss video yep. that ever was on MTV. I used to fucking love it. Yep. Anyways, that's the first song. The second new song is this. You make me rock hard. Now, I'm going to wave the flag for this song. I'm going to tell you why. This song, because it's paired up with Let's Put the X in Sex, which gets all the accolades as it rightly deserves. I think this song 
is very underrated. I'm going to tell you why. I think it's got a great melody to it. I think it's got a cool bridge, a catchy chorus. The problem with this song is it's like what you say, Zeus. This is the bad version of kitschy sexual innuendo, Paul. This is poorly written lyrically. Mm-hmm. The song, I think the song is a well-written song. The problem is the melody of the song is like very serious sounding. It's got kind of like the, like the, the rhythm of it, but I think it's a cool song. I, I like the verses. I like the bridge. I like the chorus. I like the solo, but it's just, it it's just the lyrics just make it really, really bad. And they don't make it bad in a fun way. Like let's put the X in sex is um, I, I, I like this song. I mean, I think I might like it even a little bit more because it gets buried and you don't hear it anywhere else other than on this album. We talk about that all the time. You know, there's no fatigue with this song because it's nowhere. Okay. You Make Me Rock Hard, written by Paul Stanley, Desmond Child, and Diane Warren gets to jump in on the fun. Oh, we got Um, some comments about that, too. Yeah. And the fun part of the story is they all thought it was a goof. And they didn't believe Paul recorded the song. Yeah, Desmond Child says in Behind the Mask, Paul and I wrote that with Diane Warren. I like that one. It was more of a joke in a way. We were saying, isn't that sexual innuendo obvious? You make me rock hard. And then here's Paul again. I don't like it at all. It's too contrived and kitschy. I don't even know, quite honestly, who played on that track. It wasn't one of our finer moments. It was really the height of us being overly aware of what other people were doing. And Bruce says, this is great. Paul was copying what was popular at the time. It's not a song to be proud of. (laughs) Poor Bruce. (laughs) Is that a positive thing? Exactly. Exactly. Um, But tell tell me what you think of this song, because we never talk about this because it's not on any other album. I mean, and his song also became a theme on um, a podcast, Shout It Out Loudcast, their album review crew. It became a theme to that. Correct. That's in Behind the Mask. Paul wrote that. Yeah, that's in Wikipedia. If you look on this song, you'll see yep. that it's become part of Shout Out Loud Guys, the <laughs> podcast. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Um, I will tell you this about the song. There's something in this song that I fucking really, really like. Mm-hmm. And that is the bridge. Yes. That's the thing that catches me. You make me sweat. You turn me around. You get yep. me. You never let me down. It's awesome. It's, it's an well, awesome bridge. It, it's got a great melody and it's well written. Yeah. If if it was something else, went with the rest of the song, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was reading that. I wasn't singing that. So fuck you, everyone bitching. Um, <laughs> but that bridge, I think, is excellent. And it could have been yeah. fitting into something else. Here's the other problem with this song. Okay. Um, you just told me love's like a muscle and you make me want to flex. Right. Now you're telling me it's like a glove. Which, which I also thought was kind of annoying that Paul writes a song called Fits Like a Glove a few albums ago, and now you're using that same analogy about fitting like a glove. Like, come on, I dude. just think that, you know, it's just whatever. I think it's the weaker of the two. I oh, wouldn't definitely. say it's um, as bad as Bang Bang You or Read My Body or and I even those I still like because they're me too. Songs. They're yep. just songs, but they just don't work like these other yep. ones. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm okay with the song. Um, yep. I, I know it's taken a beating by a lot of the purists. Oh, Ace isn't on it. Oh, jeez. No, Ace was too busy doing dolls at the time. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, God, really? <laughs> Fucking into the night or whatever the fuck he was doing. 
is. Because <laughs> it's not your place. Play with my dolls. <laughs> I love my dolls. Oh, um, terrible. But let's get to the good stuff, as Paul would say, the video. Okay. That gift that goes on now, if you find it about Paul Stanley, where he like wiggles his way across the screen, yep. plays with his hand, it has to be the number one most unmetal moment of all fucking time. It beats Vince Neil doing the fucking chicken dance. That is horrendous. Okay. You might be true, but let's not forget. He's swinging from a fucking trapeze in the video. <laughs> That's not very metal either, okay? The whole fucking circus clown performance stage setup that they have in the background. What is happening? And again, more ugly chicks. He's got his like 90s wrestler fucking pants on too. Brutal. His they're everlast like, tights. Not, yeah, they're yeah. Hey, tights. with a required uniform. Tights. Shut, Shut up. up. <laughs> <laughs> Did I speak for you? I don't even know your language. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. I want to be just like you. Figure all I need is a lobotomy and some tights. You wear tights? No, I wear the required uniform. Tights. Perfect. Perfect. We're going to be fucking performing. We're going to do a performance art for somebody. Yeah, some well, point. people don't know. We carry on conversations strictly with friggin' Movie, <laughs> movie, and jerky boy, and Arnold quotes. So, yeah, <laughs> there you go. Uh, this video is horrendous. It's hilarious. It is <laughs> fucking bad. hilarious. It is the most effeminate fucking looking person <laughs> doing that wiggle across the stage. You he thought he couldn't glove. dance. You thought he couldn't dance in the X and Sex video. This, oh, I don't know what he's doing here. So he's got fucking ants in his pants or something. And he's like, take it out. And he just flies across the scene. And And what's Gene doing in this video? Not knows what song's playing. It could be fucking, uh, I don't know. It could be fucking shout it out loud playing in the background. He has no idea what he's on. Totally lip syncing the wrong words. (laughs) It's like, what the? Poor Bruce, again, doing a nice solo. But he's like, what the fuck am I doing in this band right now? Yeah. How did we get to this point? Right, right. Oh, Terrible. Terrible. Yeah. You should so. never have a trapeze in a rock video. <laughs> okay. Ever. Well, in this one, he's like jumping around. He's doing backflips. He's doing fucking backflips. He's juggling firebombs. <laughs> he wants to be hired for a kid show. There'll be some guys and some broads. Fucking Spocky the Clown jumps in. Hey, Spocky, Spocky the Clown. You guys and broads laying around the house. Getting I don't think out. so. <laughs> this week. <laughs> nah, next Not week. Next week. <laughs> All right. Now we All get right. to the fun part. So now we get to the tracks and they're getting tracks like, here we go. The first one is Love Gun. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're not breaking down Love Gun. We'll save that for the episode. But the Love Gun on this versus the Love Gun that we all know and love on um, Love Gun, the album are two different things. Oh, yeah. Okay? First of all, the Love Gun on Smashes, Thrashes and Hits is a little bit longer. 331 to 318. Mm-hmm. What else did you notice? It's also faster. 
the tempo sped up by a little bit. If you listen to them side by side, it's a huge difference here. This is te- this is sped up a little bit. And the other thing too that you're going to notice on this album, all the classic tracks have all been '80s, '85. Yeah, <laughs> meaning they've given them the the drums sound oh, like brutal. S- they sound snappy and poppy, almost like Duran Duran, Flock of Seagull yep. shit. There's a lot of extra reverb. They've taken they've taken the balls off the, all these songs. There's nothing raw about any of them. So if you're a, if you're a if you buy this album, and you don't know anything about Kiss, you're not going to notice anything. But fuck, if people like us are like, what? Okay, this is Love Gun, but what did you do to Love Gun? Yeah, it's um, and you also notice that there's no Paul over the solo on this. Nope. You know, when the solo cuts out, it's not yep. love God. It's gone. Right. right. It's gone. Yeah. It's like keyboards are added to this or something. I don't know. It's just not as good. I, I call the, I can't describe the sound. I'm not a musician. To me, everything sounds muddy, muddy. Yeah. yeah. And, they tried, and, they tried, they tried to pop everything up. It's in 1988. They wanted to take classic songs and take the edge and the rawness off and make them a pop oriented song. And they did that with these songs. Play Love Gun from the original album, then play this back to back, and you'll be oh, like, oh fuck. Let me good. turn it down when the original album comes on. Oh, yeah, fuck. yeah. Exactly. Because you have to turn it up when the other one plays because you can't hear it as well. Yep. Yep. All right. Then they go to Detroit Rock City, another one that they fucked with. Now, obviously, they took out the whole action sequence, the beginning part mm-hmm. of the car getting started and all that stuff, and they take yep. out the car accident in the, at the end. So yep. that part is just gone and ripped out, but it still gets that 85 version of this and the drums and stuff. Yep. Yeah. That that's pretty much the big thing. You're remo- removing that intro and just giving it that poppy sound. Like it just, it it's, it's, that's what they do with all the classic songs. They turn them into 80 songs. Yeah. This one is just, it sounds, you know, the, the it's not as bad as, you know, if you could tell this from d- double platinum, it's not that much further off, but it still it just doesn't sound as crisp. Yeah. But the most egregious offender is next. Oh, I don't even know what that is to listen to. I love it loud on this version and then listen to it on the creatures of the night version. It's night and day. It's a, I, don't, I don't know why they would do this. It's just fucking brutal. Because they don't want to come across as a heavy, hard rock band. And uh, the the Creatures of the Night version of I Love It Loud is not what they wanted to put out in 1988. And they, f- they fucking ruined it. They literally neutered this song. Everything that makes I Love It Loud great. And I know I'm on record as saying that the drums might be a little bit overproduced and, and too bombastic. But that's what makes that song what it is. When you listen to this, it's like somebody pulled the plug on the song. And then not to mention, there's no, there's no, you know, in the original version, we have that fade out and then it comes back. Yeah. That's gone here. When it fades out, the song ends. Yeah. And I think it starts earlier too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's just brutal. That's yeah. what this album, one thing famous about this album is how bad they destroyed. It. I love it loud. Oh yeah. No doubt. Yep. Then we get to deuce. Now with deuce it's for me, it's not as bad. Look, I can tell right away which version, if it comes on my car or my phone, me too. which version it is, because yep. it just doesn't sound as clean. I got to turn it up. Yep. But overall, the remix isn't as noticeable other than you can tell from the 
you know, because this isn't a remastered version. This is just remixed. Yep. Um, I, you know, it's uh, a little bit longer on the outro. So you give a little bit more of Ace. That's the big thing that I picked up on Deuce. Mm-hmm. You can hear Ace wail away on that outro. Um, it's just, it's lower sounding. It's not as pronounced. It's muddy. Yep. Fucking drums. The same yeah. thing. Yeah, it's just they've been it's been muffled. There's no air in these songs. It's just been muffled and muddied, like you said, and they and they, you know, m- more more of an 80s effects on this. It's it's not as egregious as some of the other songs I've already talked about. But you, like you said, if it comes up on shuffle, you're like, oh, that's the smashes version of Deuce. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And yep. then uh, you have Lick It Up, which is the album version. So is Heaven's on Fire. They yep. didn't touch be- those. Yep. Well, because they're 80s songs. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And then you go into Dr. Love. This is the third version I like to think of because Me you too. have the double platinum version and you have the rock and roll over version. Yep. Um, this version doesn't make us better. No, in my opinion. Okay. Nope. Um, for me, the best version would be a combination. Look, the one good part I like about double platinum is that intro. Absolutely. That's very build cool. up. Yep. But if you notice, even on this version, Dr. Love, on the album version on Rock and Roll Over, Dr. Love takes two turns around. And, and then you hear the fucking, you know, the cowbell and stuff twice going around. Yep. And then they get into the song. On Double Platinum, you have the buildup, and then it kind of goes right into the lyrics. Yes. So this one, this version doesn't have the Double Platinum buildup, but it has a little bit, not the full amount of the, uh, of the beginning part before the lyrics, uh, before the vocals come in. Yeah, uh, little more than double platinum does, but it's yep. still it's just not as not even close to being as good. No, I think the I think the, the the notes I took down here, I said I think the guitars have been like neutered a little bit. I think it's uh, it just it's lost some of that power and the crunch that that we that I love about that that opening riff and calling Doctor Love. Um, again, just you know, kind of stripping things down uh, for the eighties. Unfortunately, yeah, I just wish they would keep that double platinum intro mm-hmm. and uh oh the other part is on double platinum when they come back after the solo and stuff yeah there's no gene and it's just two drums dr love oh yes that's right versus both the uh smashes and the album version gene steeps going they call they call me yep yeah on the other version, it's just the band doing the chorus. And I yep. love that part on Double Plan. So I wish you could take all that. Or, and there's also no Gene going Ooh, at the end, you know. But yeah. I wish they would make one great version of this song because it fucking kick ass. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Strutter. Strutters, this one, it's, you know, it's got a little bit of the reverb with the drums. It's not as, as you know, it's not Strutter 78, which I love. Yeah. Um, this one isn't as bad as some of the other things that we've talked about. Uh, you know, again, a little bit of touching up on the drums, but nothing that really sticks out too badly for me. Yeah. It's got about 20, 30 uh, seconds extra longer. On yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a little longer. Yep. Yeah. Um, Beth. Calling 
I love Eric's voice. I really do. And I think he does a wonderful job with this. But like Bruce said, it was just tough. He's in a can't win situation. There was nothing. Doing this is almost the equivalent of like, like as a horror movie fan that, that people know I am. It's almost like when, when Rob zombie tried to like remake John Carpenter's Halloween. It's like, why would you touch something so iconic when the only thing you can do is upset people or piss people off. It's you, it's you, it's going to be like, oh, I can't believe you did that. Uh, because Paul, I, th- I think Eric does a nice job, but go ahead. I know what you're going to say. Go ahead. I, I don't think you're going to pick this up, though. Okay. Paul gets along with probably another extremely polarizing figure in rock. And that's Sharon Osbourne. And the two of them have the mentality like, Fuck those guys. I'll just do the song, but I just won't have him do it. I'll have this. Oh, yeah. Singing. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I see what you're fuck saying. those guys complaining about their shit. I'll just re-record those songs and take their fucking portions off those albums. Fuck you. And this is him saying, fuck you, Peter. I don't have to deal with you anymore. Eric's going to be now. People are going to know Eric on our greatest hits. This Eric is the voice people know this song from. They're not playing your version anymore. They'll play Eric's version. And yeah. Eric and is th- singing in our concerts. That's yeah. why I think it went. Well, and there are other and there are other stories we already we already read about how Bruce said that Eric, you know, was kind of quote unquote like sick about it or whatever word he used. Eric did uh, the the reports, the information shows Eric did not want to do this. He's like he did, didn't want to do this, and the the band was like, "Nope, we're re-recording this. You're in the band now. Do it." Yeah, and this is always one of those fucking cheating versions of the song where I can be like, "No, no, Eric's got two vocals on Kiss albums." He technically does. I mean, I know yeah. it's he's a, it's a re-record, but he does. And I, and I, and again, I think he does a wonderful job. I th- I like the yeah. version a lot. But, but we know the original version, right? right? I agree. So yeah, that's no, how I'm, it I'm, works. You know. Yep, I'm with you. Yep. Uh, and then they go to "Tears Are Falling" and "I Was Made for Loving You," both regular versions. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they end uh, the last two songs. First one being "Rock and Roll All Night," song number fourteen. What do you think? This to me, when I, I I remember then, I know everybody talks about what they did with uh, I Love It Loud, but to me, this has always been the most egregious, offensive remix because because my favorite version of Rock and Roll All Night has always been the studio version on Dress to Kill. They fucked this up so badly with the redone bass line on this song. It, it, it's horrible. You can hear it. it's like, mm, 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 
It's like nothing like what's on Dress to Kill. I fucking hate it. It annoys me. I can't listen to this version of the song. It's it's the, it's the worst. As bad as I Love It Loud upsets people, this upsets me even more. And another little nitpicky thing, because we love being OCD. Why did they spell night N-I-G-H-T? The song has always been N-I-T-E. It's N-I-T-E on Dress to Kill. It's N-I-T-E on Alive. It's always been N-I-T-E. They spell it N-I-G-H-T on Smashes, Thrashes, and Hits. That's another little OCD thing that's pissing me off with the song. So they fucked this song up all over the place. Maybe another way to get rid of any royalties to Ace and Peter. Who knows? Perhaps. Perhaps. No, they're not writers of the song. I don't know if it's publishing or something reason, but yep. yeah, the drums again. And the drums, you can say the same thing with anything they remix. The drums are just fucked up. Yep. Um, and there's an extended fade at the end. You can kind of hear the gang vocals a little more. Yes. This one. Yep. yep. Um, let's finish up last track. Shout it out loud remix. What do you think here? Uh, it sounds a little bit different. You know, it's, it's been cleaned up. Um, it's got the, the ending is a little bit different too. Uh, I, this one, I don't mind. I mean, it, there's really nothing too that, that, that stands out too badly as compared to like rock and roll night. And I love it loud, which, which are the two. Again, it's defenders. just the drums and it's muddy and it's cloudy. Right. I just can't hear it as clear and crisp yep. because the version that they, they haven't remastered this or anything like that. And uh, that whole thing at the end when they're like, shout it, and the music ends. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, it's yep. just a longer fade. It keeps going on a little bit longer. Yep. You're looking at about, uh, let me think about maybe about 15, 20 seconds more, something like that, I guess. You're talking probably 10. 10 years I'm in the business. 10 years you're in the business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so overall, I it sounds like there's really nothing that we think came out better by them remixing. Oh God, no, no, not at all. And it's funny, you know, as you get older and, you know, we, we got the podcast here and you just become engrossed in the kiss nerdery, you know, when this came out in 88, we're like, Oh, this is great. I mean, you probably were like, Oh, I love it. Loud sounds a little different. You know, rock and roll night sounds a little different, but I have this great compilation, new songs. And, you know, I was made for loving you is on a mm-hmm. compilation and tears of fall. This is fantastic. Now we're older. And we're like, Oh, what the fuck is How this? How the fuck is this the number one Kiss album? Yeah, I know. Yep. yep. Uh, the thing that gets me on this stuff is there's no need for most of this. I don't understand this. And this is the same thing with Double Platinum. They're always bitching like, well, all these producers, especially, you know, when we get to Double Platinum and Sean was bitching about what fucking, uh, what's his name did, Ezrin did on Destroyer. It's like, I can't get the same song. Some are going to sound louder. Some are going to sound quieter. I can't get them on this greatest hits without the fucking volumes and shit, everything being off. And so there was one that couldn't be moved, and that was Destroyer. So then he had to change everything to make them sound like the sound they had on Destroyer sound. And it just fucking changed everything all the way down. Mm -hmm. I don't understand how everybody else can do greatest hits albums and they can make it work. But Kiss did two of them. They're two most popular ones, and they can't make them fucking all work. Well, I think I think the problem is, is that they thought that what they were doing with smashes, thrashes and hits was the right thing to do. They were reintroducing an 80s era to to their classic songs. They totally discredited people like us and the diehards that grew up with Dress to Kill and Heart of the Hell and Destroyer. Platinum too, Tom. Not as bad. Not they still did. They're still with the theory that again, somebody I want somebody to explain it to me like I'm a fucking two year old. 
How come everybody else can do greatest hits and they can fucking lab the track sound great, but Kiss can't because every producer had a different sound and I can't put it on the greatest hits because it'll fuck it up. And like, Jesus Christ, it's not that hard. Well, I know. Well, double platinum. I, I agree with you on that. We'll get to that when we cover that. But smashes, they purposely did all this. They no, wanted. No, they did. They, but yeah. I'm just saying it's just stupid. Right. But and, and, and that's maybe right. They, maybe they're stupid. And that's right. At the time, it was great. But in retrospect, like Gene said, 30, 30 years later, or however many years later, people, this this does not hold up. It, it's not a go to album because it sounds like shit. Yeah, it's just oh. the track oh. listing. The track listing is fucking great. The track listing is is uh, I have no complaints with the track listing. You know, you got I was made for love. You got heavens on fire. Tears are fallen. You know, all, you got all all the 80s. So hit, you're you telling know. me now if we're going to go through the track listing. Yeah, you've got 15 songs, including only two new ones. 13 can go on this. What's yep. missing? Oh, OK, OK. So yeah, let's do that, because we always do that when we're talking about uh, when we're talking. There's, about no, our, our, there's nothing here from Harder Than Hell. Yep. Yeah. There's nothing Look, from I, Alive 2. What there's would I take on or The Elder. Yeah, what would I take out of here? So I and crazy I love, nights. I love the song. Well, yeah, they threw the crazy nights in the UK version, which is weird. We'll get to that. Yeah. I love the song, but I, I'm not sure that Strutter needs to be on this. And I love Strutter. Absolutely love Strutter. I'm not sure that needs to be on this. Um, we say this all the time. Pretty much the only quote unquote hits off of Harder Than Hell are Harder Than Hell. And let me go rock and roll. I mean, we love Parasite and watching you, but they're not going to put that on a compilation album. Um, you know, Harder Than Hell and Love Gun always suffer on compilation albums. You know, again, you got Love Gun, the title track. It's the only thing on here. Um, you know, you got you got two songs. You got Deuce and, and Strutter, you know, off the debut album. You got nothing from Harder Than Hell. Off of Dress to Kill, you got Rock and Roll All Night. Um, off, of, off of Destroyer, you got... Um, you get shouted out loud in Detroit Rock City and off Beth. of Rock and Roll Over. You Beth. got you got Colin Dr. Love. I'm sorry, Beth. Yeah, you got well, Beth re-recorded um, off of Rock and Roll Over. You got Colin Dr. Love off Love Gun. You got Love Gun. Dynasty, you got I Was Made for Loving You. Then you said it. You got nothing off Unmasked, nothing off The Elder. Uh, you got I Love It Loud off Creatures. You got Lick It Up. You got Heavens on Fire. You got Tears of Fallen. So, I mean, they represented, you know, they did a good job representing, uh, you know, again, once again, Destroyer always wins out. You get three songs off Destroyer. Who, know, who knows if that's really necessary. But I think at the time, and I still agree that on paper, I think it's a really good collection for when it came out. There is no Black Diamond. That's the again, again, this is our fifth compilation. None of them have Black Diamond. And Black Diamond may be one of the most played songs ever by Kiss in a concert. Yep. Um, the thing that I'm thinking is, do you want to put Crazy Nights? Well, you just released that as an album previously. That's why I think. Uh, do you want to, though, like kind of new? Because you've got, look, if you're doing a, up to this moment of Kiss, you have to have Heavens on Fire. You have to have Lick It Up and you have to have I Love It Loud. First of all, they're showing to the new type of Kiss fan. They're not talking about putting the makeup back on. They're playing without the makeup. You've got to put those in there. Now, oh, you've got to have Rock and Roll All Night. You've got to have Detroit Rock City. And you've got to have Love Gun. Yep. Deuce, they're still kind of playing at this time. Dr. Love is kind of popular. Um, 
I, I don't know. I was made for loving you was technically a hit. Yes. Shout it out loud is an anthem. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe black diamond, but black diamond may be a best song of theirs, but it's not really a hit. No, no. Um, Strutter always finds a way to sneak in there. And again, I'm not complaining because I love Strutter. Strutter always finds a way to sneak itself into these compilations, which is good, but that's, I don't know. Yeah, because it's kind of a mid-tempo song. Yeah. I, I just don't see people clamoring for Strutter. Like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Strutter. Well, except for that, except for the guy that wanted to beat up Murph. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Um, I just, uh, that, that kind of weighs on me. Um, you're not going to put anything from the solos in this era of kiss. They're not putting any solo songs on there. No, they're definitely not putting any unmasked songs on kiss at this point. They're not putting anything from the elder as well. Although Um, world without heroes, that's what was it. We had a video and was a, was, was a very, I mean, I didn't even know the elder existed and I was into kiss. Okay. Cause you couldn't even find it. Okay. (laughs) But the only other things I could think of would be like hotter than hell and, that's not bigger than those other songs here listed. Right. These are the biggest song. If you're going by 13 tracks, I think they probably hit it. And you might have a little bit of a beef with Strutter. You could probably put um, maybe Hard Luck Woman was a bigger charting hit. It's a top 40 song. Maybe. But they're not putting anything from Peter up on here. Fuck no, that. No, no. And you no. could have put Shock Me. You could have, but they're not putting any ace shit up here. Nope. The only nope. representation by them is a song that they redid. Right. So I think they probably, this is about as almost as accurate as you can get. For when it, for when it came out, I think I agree. Yep. And you're right. They're not going to put anything off Crazy Nights because Crazy Nights just came out. And there's an excuse not to because you can say they just came out. Yep. But yep. Uh, for me, I would think that this is pretty good. The only really one that you might have an issue with is you could say Strutter, but really what's bigger than Strutter that's not on here? We like Black Diamond better, but is it a bigger hit? I mean, maybe you, maybe you could throw, like you said, Harder Than Hell, maybe Firehouse if you wanted to put something else from the debut album. Um, God of Thunder. Oh, thank but- you. God of Thunder, but they're not going to go four songs off a of Destroyer. Right. Right. But it is fucking huge song for them. Yep. Um, yep. And if they're not going, you can't talk sh- sh- uh, shock me because they're not putting a shit up here. Right. So I right. think this is pretty good. Uh, it pretty is accurate. Yeah. Until, it's right. great until you, it's great until you put the CD in and listen to it. It looks great. It doesn't sound good. <laughs> and then on the other side, you got the United Kingdom version where they take out Deuce, dude. How do you fucking leave Strutter and take out Deuce? Imagine that's that. ridiculous. Imagine that you're like, oh, you're in the UK. You got a new compilation. Like, oh, look at this. Wait, I, you're giving me reason to live, but you're taking deuce out. Yeah, that's fucking weak. That's yeah. why Crazy Nights and um, Reason to Live. That's why Crazy Nights is a big hit in England. We always talk about that. Yep. It's a fucking big charge. That's why when they go to England to play, they always throw this back into the set list. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, yep. yeah, I, I mean. To me, I, I like their choices. We obviously have issues with the way this record sounded, but we like the choices overall. Yep. Agreed. So what we do next, Tom, is we rank this against previous compilations. Mm-hmm. First, we'll do album covers. And previously, we ranked Greatest Kiss, Very Best of Kiss, The Millennium Collection, and Kiss World. 
Tom, do you have your uh, order? I do. And just to clarify for any new listeners out there, we did the Millennium Collection Volume 1 because there's three volumes on that. So just to clarify. So, yeah. So my album cover rankings are uh, right now. I have the very best of Kiss at number one. Millennium Collection number two. Greatest greatest Kiss three and Kiss World four. I am going to put smashes, thrashes, and hits as low as it can possibly go in my rankings. Wow. Oh, yeah. Brutal. Wow. So last, huh? Yep. Yeah. I love Bruce and I love Eric, but this coverage is bad. Gotcha. Yep. Well, for me, Tom, I have Millennium Collection, Very Best of Kiss, Kiss World, and Greatest Kiss in that order, right? Yep. Uh, I'm like you. I'm going to put this dead last. Yeah. It's fucking brutal. Yep. There's just yep. no need for it to be this bad. Dude, at the point in your career, this is what you put come up with? Should have oh. been some should have been some kind of collage or some kind of or or something. Yeah. Something. It, it's fucking weak. Yep. Um, I don't know. I mean, how bad is Gene out of the picture when he's yeah, let's go with this. This works. Yeah. Ugh. So let's go to the next part. Now we're going to actually rank rank the compilation itself. Yep. Okay. Tom, do you have your rankings? I do. So right now I have greatest kiss rank number one. Then I have very best of kiss, kiss world, and the millennium collection ranked fourth. So we've spent a lot of time bashing and smashing and thrashing this album. Um, but it does have those two original songs, which we love. Uh, you know, let's put the X and sex, maybe a little bit more than rock hard. It's got a great track listing, although the remixes are terrible. But those two new songs carry this a little bit further than it normally would. So I am going to put this fourth and I'm going to drop the Millennium Collection last. I like the Millennium Collection, um, but it's just a bunch of classics from the first couple albums. Not that that makes it bad. But Smashes and Thrashes, those two original tracks, going to give it a little bit more. But I I can't put it any higher just because the remixes are are horrible. Um, Tom, for me, I have Very Best of Kiss, Kiss World, Greatest Kiss, Millennium Millennium Collection. I'm putting this at number one. Whoa. What? I I love fucking the songs, the two new songs. Oh, the versions are not wow. as good. The versions aren't as good. We know that. Wow. What? The selection on it. The song selection on it is top notch. Okay. Can't complain about it. Okay. Um, these aren't the best versions of it, but if you handed this off to somebody that didn't hear the other versions, they would like this. Okay. And they would say, like, Fair oh, enough. These songs are fucking, these songs rock. Plus, I you get the two new songs, which I fucking love. Yeah, um, you know it, it's all relative because you know I have all these songs. I'm not listening to a fucking greatest hits collection ever. I'm yeah. not taking the CD out and putting one over the other. They're all on shuffle on my phone. Yeah, me but too. for me, I I would pick this first over everything, despite what they butchered some of the songs and despite the fucking horrendous album cover. Yeah, see, you're you're being a little bit kinder to them. I I can't I can't get let them off that easy on some of these remixes. I just can't. 
yeah. can't do it. But I still on, love on, this. on paper, on paper, the track listing is great. And those two no songs, but <clears throat> fourth is about as good as it's going to get for me. But I'm not going to fault you for number one. I'm not going to fault you for that. It's a great collection. This to me almost was like an album review. Yeah, Even though it was. It a was. Compilation. Smashes yep. thrashes almost feels like that special album. It is double I, platinum and uh, killer. I agree. It's a I agree more than just greatest kiss part. Yep. Fucking eight. Yep. You know, well said. So, yeah. Those are, these are always fun. Tom can't wait to hear your feedback. And if you guys have something to say about a specific song that you feel something is a little more, um, you know, noticeable that we didn't mention much, let us know. Oh, we'll definitely. The discussion about it. Definitely. Yeah, De- I, I think the Dr. Love one, uh, the guitar solo on this is different because of this or that. Tell us about it. We'd love to hear it. So keep oh, yeah. the feedback coming. Definitely. We, we, ex- we expect some good feedback on this. A lot of people are passionate about this album. It's got a lot of nostalgia value for people. People love the new tracks. People hate the new tracks. People are going to have different opinions on the remixes. So, you know, we want you guys to get involved and uh, talk about this because this, this is a big one. All right. So, Tom, we're going on to this next. Hi, this is Ed Spansberg of ClickTShop.com. And for all your shouted out loudcast gear and merchandise, please visit ClickTShop.com. At ClickTShop, you can find lots of Kiss-inspired T-shirt designs, plus mugs, hats, hoodies, pillows, and all new fine art selections. And now, here's your question of the week. All right, so our question of the week comes from our good friend from uh, the Boston area. Uh, moving on, two six six zero eight fifty, and he says, "This is this is a good question. I mean, this could this is one of those questions that could actually end up being like an episode." He says, "We know Paul and Gene kept the band going after Ace and Peter left. However, do you think Kiss would have initially become?" the phenomenon that they were without Ace and Peter. Meaning if there was just two other guys, the spaceman and the Catman, do you think the personalities of Peter and Ace contributed to the band? Um, I think they could have been just as big. Yeah. Uh, or they could have fucking failed. I don't think one way or the other, I, I, I guess I'm saying, um, I don't think they're that integral as Gene and Paul. I can tell you if Ace and Peter did this, the opposite would happen. I would say, no, they wouldn't gone fucking anywhere. Okay. See the, now I'm going to, I'm going to sound like a member of the Ace cult here. Mm-hmm. I think Ace had a huge impact on the band. I think his, I think his stage presence and his guitar playing abilities, especially his solos, but more so his live concert stage presence and persona, I think did a huge thing for the band. I love Peter, um, the Catman. I love him, but I think Ace had a huge effect. Now, could they have gotten another lead guitarist who could have done that as the Spaceman? Maybe, probably. But I think Ace just has a very unique personality, which is why there is an Ace cult. Um, but Peter, I, I, I love Peter. So I, I don't want to say anything shitty about him, but I, I'm not sure that he had that, that same kind of impact, but I, I, I think Ace did. And I think it shows now in 2021, how much people still adore Ace. Um, but it, you're, you're right. I mean, it's still Paul and Gene's band. 
When you um, say a stage presence, what was he doing? I just think he, I just think his the, the way the way that he would just kind of walk around on stage and kind of look sloppy and kind of do his tricks with his smoking guitar and his solos and his just just the way he was. I just think he had he had a unique way about him. It might not have been bombastic and 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 crazy, you know, but I think he just had a way about him on stage when he played that people that drew people to him. So for me, I don't maybe you think his solos are unique and he, he added, I mean, his solos are great. I do yep. say that I do think he's a fucking very good guitar player, but I don't think they're stuff that nobody else could do. No, no, no. I didn't say that. I'm no, just saying, I know you, I, no, I'm not putting words in your mouth. I'm just yeah. talking about for me. Okay. okay so okay, I'm saying okay. for me, I don't think he's, he did anything that another great guitarist couldn't have done. Mm-hmm. So do I think if Bob Kulik was in kiss at the time, they could have been just as big. Yeah, I do. Probably shoot me. No, no, no. Now, I, would I, he I'm... be as popular or things like that? Probably not. He doesn't have the ACE's personality, but I also don't think ACE was some, I just go by my own self. I remembered kiss when I was remembering, I remember the guitar guy. I remember the fucking front guy. And I yep. remember Gene. Correct. Kiss was always to me, a band that guitarist isn't. That's what's noticeable about them. Cause the guitarist isn't the focal point of the band. Ace was the third guy to get the lights shown on him. You're not right. The first, like, you know what I mean? It's not a band that you would see. It's not Van. He's not Eddie Van Halen up there and he's right. not fucking Angus. So it's not for me like to say like, oh yeah, you Angus ACDC. Uh, they would never have made it without Angus, even though, you know, Malcolm does a fucking, you know, half of the grunt work on the guitar and the riffs and the chords and the writing and all that stuff. Yeah, I could still say, yeah, they probably wouldn't have made it without Angus, of course. But I don't know about Ace. He's not the same. And after a couple of the great songs he did in the beginning, by mid-70s, he's not contributing to the songwriting like he was in the beginning with Cold right. and Parasite and things oh, like no. that. Yep, I agree. Um, could they have? No, but they could easily have maybe. Like Again, you don't know. Because you're not there What the song sounds like Without him coming in going Alright, I'm going to do this part And then that ends up being the part you like mm-hmm. How much of the shit was finished And then, you know, that Paul says Hey, Ace, you know, play over this And you're like, oh, wow, this is unique This really made me why I like this song Or it's like, yeah, anybody else could have done that I don't know I'm yeah, not a guitar I'm, player, I'm, I'm not a musician I just feel like Without Paul and Gene, nothing's happening with all I agree, the other two, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm referring more to Ace on stage in the concert experience. I'm not talking about anything he did in the studio, recording, songwriting, singing. I'm just talking about his presence on stage. And I understand what you're saying. Could anybody else in that makeup done what he did? Yes. And it's and it's the history. It's it's when you look back and you, you it's like back to the future. Like you don't know. All we know is what happened. So there's no way to know. Yeah, but you don't think Sean or, or Bill would say to fucking again, I'm using Bob as an excuse because we all know. Yeah. Bob is. Bob, you need to do this. You're the guitar player. So what's Bob's gimmick? Absolutely. Could be. You true. don't think yep. they would have given him some or maybe a better drummer. Maybe yep. they would say this is your gimmick instead of the Catman. You're going to be this and yep. you can do this. Whereas Peter, they wouldn't even give him that because maybe he couldn't do that. I don't know. Um, I, again, it's not the shit on Ace. 
no, no, no. I, say, for me, I know the two guys, if they're not there, they're not as big. The other two, yeah. I'm not sure. I agree. That's no, I, I agree. I just think I, I just think out of those two, I think Ace had a I little agree bit, with you that. A, a little I, bit I more of a bigger you. impact than Peter. I would say I would. Uh, but then again, now that I think about it, for me, I go by the vocals, too. That's also a good point, too. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. Peter's saying and Peter may not have written it like Paul gives him shit, but Peter brought that song in. Yep. That became their biggest hit and bro- broke them up. Peter also sang Black Diamond. He also sang Nothing to Lose, which I love. He also had another top 40 hit for them, mm-hmm. Hard Luck Woman. So it's hard to say. Like Maybe if they had some other guy that sounded like shit singing, it right. wouldn't have worked. Right. I, I don't know. Would Eric Carr have been able to like make Beth a hit back then? Probably. Probably. But would he have brought it in? Right. Would he have made Black Diamond as good as it is now with Peter? I don't know. Great question. Great question. Again, we could have kept talking about this all night. It's a great cut. We love those what ifs, those historical what ifs. So thank you, our Boston friend. Great question. We appreciate it very much. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Yep. Yep. Tom, what we usually do next, tell people where they can find us. Yeah. So start with our email. Shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Please email us with your comments, questions, Anything you want to talk about, uh, we say this all the time. We read every email. We try to read most of them, if not all of them, on the on the show. Uh, but we do read all of them. So uh, please, please write to us. And then, of course, our social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Interact with us on there. We're very interactive on there. Uh, you can send us DMs on all of those platforms. Please do that if you don't feel like uh, having your commentary be out in the public world there. So do that. Uh, and, of course, as we talked about at the beginning of the show, Check us out on Patreon, the website or the app. Check us out. Uh, We're doing a bunch of different things there. Try to be part of the family if that's something that you're interested in. Uh, And, of course, we're part of the great Pantheon podcast network of shows. Tons of great shows. We're on all the platforms out there. So please check out uh, Pantheon podcasts. And, of course, our question of the week sponsored by our good friend Ed from Click T-Shop. Click with a K. He designed our great show logo. Uh, as well as other amazing kiss inspired graphics and designs. Check him out. Ed's a great guy in front of the show. So check out click T shop. Tom, people can listen to us and subscribe on YouTube. <laughs> Our YouTube channel is uh, growing. Even if you don't really go to YouTube that much and you prefer to listen to our podcast uh, version of episodes, please subscribe anyways. Uh, YouTube has become a lot of fun. We got a lot of colorful characters on there and we thank you. And we, we appreciate you guys liking our videos and, uh, getting a little bit more attention on YouTube. And the other thing, uh, we always like to tell everybody is to give us one of those five star Star. child reviews on Apple iTunes. Those are a big help to us. And uh, they help us move us up on the food chain. And uh, we really appreciate those. And for us, we just got a new one in again, Tom. I'd like to read it for you now. Go for it. Go for it. Go to him. (laughs) (laughs) Go to him. But I don't have a gift. Go. Go. See the son of Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Great. (laughs) <laughs> this is stupid.
stupid. So stupid. Stupidest reference. We're quoting friggin' animated claymation Christmas specials from the 60s. I have that fucking CD. So do I. So do all I. All those like Rudolph, yep. Frosty, and then have the little drummer boy. Yep. <laughs> Go to him. Go to him. <laughs> but I have nothing to give. Oh, man. I only have smashes, thrashes, and hits to play. <laughs> Get that shit away from the, from the young child. Go to him. Play the remix of I Love It Loud. Go to him. Anyways, uh, I'm sorry. I'm going to read one of the new five-star reviews we got. This one says, embarrassing me at work. This is from Diego Ozone. That is amazing. It's from uh, Niagara Falls area in Canada. You would know. Yeah. In addition to the numerous girls in the Niagara Falls area, uh, (laughs) currently you and he are riding the hobby horse. So he writes, in my opinion, if you're going to be a Kiss fan, you need to have a sense of humor. And no Kiss podcast embodies that statement more than this one. You guys have great chemistry and are hilarious together. This podcast gets me through my shifts at work and continues to make me laugh out loud. The problem is when coworkers ask me, what am I laughing at? (laughs) I don't know what to tell them, as usually it's an obscure Kiss joke. Or references like, it's not your place. (laughs) So they all think I'm a little out there, but it's worth it. This podcast is a breath of fresh air and a sea of kiss podcast. Keep up the great work, Diego Ozone. Wow, Diego, that is awesome. Thank you, my friend. That's amazing. Thank you for writing that. That's great. Thank you for taking the time to do that review. We appreciate that's amazing. And good luck to you and your coworkers. And we'll keep trying to make you laugh for no damn reason. Absolutely. Stupid things that we come up with. In our Absolutely. So, and, every time you, and every time you go into the men's room and you see one of those piss cakes in the urinal, you'll think of us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Mr. Feces, exactly. whose story will be told soon. Oh, that's right. Stay tuned. Yeah. So, Tom, what we usually do next is famous last words. You got any? I'm under a physical spell. I'm a prisoner and your love is my cell. Once I get started, I can't stop. I can't cool down because this love is so hot. That's just brutal. Settle the (laughs) fuck down on your trapeze there, Paul. (laughs) You think him and Desmond Diane Warren sitting around and goes, yeah, and in the video, right? I'll grab onto a trapeze and I'll scoot across the thing. And then I'll grab my glove and I'll flick it down and I'll wiggle my ass across. And they probably were like, they were probably laughing and they were like, oh, wait, you're serious, Paul, that you really want to do that? We thought you were goofing. Oh, yeah, I filmed that last week. I want to do this. I'm I'm a serious performer. This is a serious thing I want to do. Of course, they laughed at him. Anyways, here we go, Tom. I've been waiting to do this one. I got a call. In the middle of the night, heavy breathing never sounded quite so nice. She said, Ooh, yeah, I wish that I was there. I asked who was calling, but she wasn't playing fair. Wow. I thought he was going to say, Pepe, Pepe, who? Pepperoni? Wait, you want to speak to someone by the name of Pepperoni? 
I thought he was maybe trying to find Cole Cuts. <laughs> yeah, K-U-T-Z Cuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Polish fella. <laughs> Why, you dirty, rotten rat bastard. Yeah, looking for uh, a guy named Al. <laughs> yeah, last name. De- <laughs> I can't even fucking say it. <laughs> Al- last name. Depansio. De- <laughs> De- Depansio. De- the pants you. That is one of the stupidest ones. That and how? How? How'd you like a kick? <laughs> oh. How'd you like a kick? The poor guy is yelling out there. You like a kick? He's I'm looking star. for a man. How'd you like a kick? <laughs> what about the one he tried to get him to say? I'll kill you. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Red. Oh, Red may rest in peace. Oh, God almighty. I love Red. Tom, thank you. Kiss Army, Loudcasters, thank you. Guys, thank you so much. Uh, We love you guys. You're the best. Peace out, Girl Scout. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.